Yeah, so for sure, man. Condolences to the entire Buckets family. Our hearts and our prayers is, is with the entire family as you know, as they you know pr prepare for the transition that they'll have within their family. Um, Nebraska, tough Ooh. loss, man. Um, Friday night prime time. Um, I, I tell you what, man. The energy was there, you know, leading up to the game. Um, kickoff. I got the chills as you know, have an opportunity to be on the sideline and for the coin toss, all that good stuff. And my message to them Thursday night was um, look in the mirror and just don't lose your one on one battles, yeah. right? You just do your, you know, do your job and whatever that competition that you have. So for me, for example, it was don't let the defense outsmart me this play, right? Know what coverage the defense is in and win that battle constantly. As a left tackle, don't get beat by the defensive end, right? So that was my message kind of going into this game. And that first drive, you see a bunch of guys winning their one-on-one -on -one battles constantly, right? We put a full drive together, a great, you know, combination of mix and run pass. We get all the way down to the one-yard to the one yard line, obviously we didn't score. But, you know, I thought the game started out exactly how it, how it needed to. Um, but ultimately, we didn't come up with the win. Um, you know, a bunch of you know a bunch of small errors that's out, uh, that was there, that's still correctable. But for whatever reason, um, you know, we just we didn't we didn't make enough plays this weekend to, to actually win the game. But exciting game to say the least. Um, and I think it's stuff to build on as you kind of look at you know the rest of the schedule for uh, the remainder of the year. But um, I, I do think it's, some, it's still some positives to come out of that uh, as we kind of look to to finish out this year. Yeah, I think that first drive really was a microcosm of the rest of the game and really a microcosm of the season uh, for the Illini, right? We were able to play Illinois football and drive the ball downfield, getting everybody involved, mixing it up, doing it in a, in a way that, um, you know, looked almost seamless. And then we got within the one-yard line and, and we couldn't get it done up front. Um, and so I say that it's a microcosm of the rest of the season and the rest of the game because, um, you know, our, our, our guys up front, both on offense and defense, um, have to give this team more if we're going to win. Um, if you cannot run the ball and you cannot stop the run, you cannot win a football game. Uh, it's as simple as that. And so um, there were flashes there. I think, you know, Luke almost threw for 300 yards. Um, you know, we saw your namesake, Isaiah Williams, get, get busy on a lot of different mm -hmm. plays and, and to find, him, find himself um, extremely useful. Uh, I'm excited about what this team can be. I just don't want them to uh, – take this loss and go in the tank because we're almost there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and it's not a situation where, in my opinion, man, this is this season's just a lost cause, right? Obviously, we all knew this would be a rebuilding season, losing, you know, so many, so much great talent to the NFL last year in graduation. We knew that there there would be some turnover going into this year, but I, I, I still think within the rebuilding season, there's still much to build on. still a ton of talent. The, the opportunities are there. Yeah. Right there, right. Just make a few, a few more plays, a few more, uh, a, a couple more big plays, right. We saw, you know, obviously the goal route that led to the, you know, our only touchdown for the year. But big plays like that is what we get to build off of. So, those opportunities are there. We just have to keep pushing uh, and, and create those opportunities. That's right. And, and we, we let, let's let's remind ourselves that the small things matter, right? Um, and that uh, these plays add up over time. I, I remember looking back at last year's team and thinking minus two or three or four plays, uh, we were close to being undefeated, right? Um, had there been yeah. a couple other things yeah. that went our way, we were definitely going to be playing in the Big Ten Championship and going from there. Um, and this season is almost the opposite. There, there are a few breaks that we didn't that we didn't take that 
the ball didn't bounce our way. Um, and, you know, not to be, uh, uh, you know, the melancholy about this, but if it wasn't for that fourth down conversion in Toledo five weeks ago, we may be one and four or one and five, whatever the, the record is. Yeah. Um, and so this should be a reminder to our guys, to our coaches, that every single play matters. Um, and you got to play each one like it matters for real. 100%. Now, speaking of plays, being at the game on the sideline, right, that first drive, right, you go kickoff, first down, first down, first down, first down, and you get down to the goal line, all right, fourth and one, all right, uh, I'd love to get your two cents on the actual decision to go for it and give me your perspective on actual play selection for for that situation, fourth and goal at the one-yard line. Well, look, I'll say this. Um, one thing I love about Brett Bielema is that he's a riverboat gambler. He's going to go for it. And, you know, that's that's part of my ilk. You know me long enough to know that's how I operate, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, the, the question more so about what was the right play at that, at that moment, I think really was a culmination of the fact that we have not run the ball well all year, right? We ran for 21 yards this, this game maybe. Um, we have not gotten our running backs to rock enough, and they are not comfortable with the ball in the backfield because normally what I would do is give it to – um, give it, give it to, to Reggie Love um, and push it right up the middle, right? I wouldn't try to get my quarterback hurt. I would not try to um, do anything on the flankers there. I would, I would run it right up the middle with my, with my horse. Um, but he has not gotten to a rhythm because we will not give him the ball, which to me is one of my biggest upsets about this entire season. Yeah. So for me, I mean, and obviously you hear some whispers on the sideline. Why, why do we do that? It's always a bad call if it don't work out. Right. right? Exactly. Like on fourth down, which is, which is a little annoying, but. I mean, you ask me, I'm making that call 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And I was explaining it to some guys on the sideline. It's not the fact that we got down to the one-yard line. It's how we did it. I have a different thought process if we make a – if it's a big shot, right, and we get down to the one to the two-yard line and we get stopped three plays in a row, now I might kick that, right, yeah. because you show me up front, toughness-wise, eh, you might got it on this drive. But that was a, a methodical drive all the way down the field. Right, you push and you grind it out. It's first down, six yards here. It's a first down there. That tells me you can't stop me. Yeah. So on fourth and one, it's the same thought process. You can't stop me for one yard. So yeah. I'm making the same decision. I actually like running the ball because I mean it's Big Ten football. At the end of the day, we should be able to get one yard. Like yeah. I guys have to figure that out. Push the pile, get some drive from you know from from the interior offensive lineman. And we got to score a touchdown. Same thing. I'm not getting looped that ball. That's not the type of play he's at. He, yeah. The type of play he is. You get, you know, you know, you get some other guys. Like a guy like myself who's a bit more mobile now. You, you know, maybe go on the gun and goes on read or go play action bootleg or something like that. But situation like this, you hand the ball off to your horses, and we got to get one yard. But you know, that's a testament to what you said about this season. It's the little things, and those little things can go for. Or against us as we, as we kind of look uh, looking to you know overcoming the two and four record that we currently have, like those little things will matter in the course of a game, in the course of a season. That stuff adds up. That's right. And listen, I think you you, you hit the nail on the head, Juice. When when you've got momentum, the way that we got momentum in that first drive, you can't stifle it. You, you got to let let them play and let it you know kind of work out the way it's supposed to work out. Um, but you're absolutely right. Hopefully, we can take some things from this this loss, especially that first drive, and, and figure out who we want to be as a team. Yeah. I mean, you made a great point, and you actually just touched on exactly what I wanted to talk about next. Some of the key takeaways from this game, some things that we can actually build on, you know, what are some of the things, whether it be, you know, 
the 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 front four. I thought Jerry Newton had a better game. He, his his presence was absolutely felt. Um, you know, c coming off the Nebraska game, what are some of the key takeaways that you thought um, we can continuously build on going into this game against Maryland next week? Yeah, so for the most part, I, I was uh, I was impressed with the offense. I, I think Luke played well. I think Reggie played well. I think Isaiah played well. Um, you know, we saw some, some some flashes that I hadn't seen before from Pat Bryan and and Casey, Casey Washington, and people got involved, right, which was uh, w w exciting. Once again, the offensive line and the defensive line have to recognize and realize that this game is about them up front. And they can control the line of scrimmage. They can control the game. Uh, one thing that I've seen on defense that I've not been a fan of is that we continue not to get a big rush up front. Uh, and part of that is because we're only rushing three guys half the time. Uh, I talked about this last week, Juice. This is going to be a pet peeve. It's going to be a bee in my bonnet. I'm going to keep bringing it up every single, <laughs> every single weekend. Um, you know, you you know me. I, at the University of Illinois, Urbana Champaign, I was not a math major. I was a political science major. But I can count a little bit. I can count my money. I can count my blessings. I can also count defensive linemen and putting three of them down um, instead of putting four automatically takes away your ability to rush the passer by 25 percent, right? 25 percent while only adding, you know. 14% of more defense uh, in the back in the, in the defensive backfield. It just doesn't make sense to me. Get our guys going. Put your hands in the dirt. Go get that quarterback. It's going to make the difference. Yeah, and that's a good point, right? Especially we, we talk about a team like Nebraska, who we knew they was going to come in and run in the football, right? They don't have the best pass offense right now. So you get the extra guy in the trenches, and he's just an added guy to block now, right? You get, yeah. you get the free up one of those linebackers or one of those safeties being able to run through. Um, yeah, you don't do yourself a great service when you, you know, only got three defensive linemen, um, you know, against a heavy run team. So, you know, hopefully we'll see an adjustment with that. You know, offensively, you mentioned it. I mean, Pat Bryant, Luke, um, Isaiah, those guys were able to make some plays, right? We see Pat, uh, Pat Bryant starting to evolve as a pass catcher more and more each week. He's going up. He's fairly. He's making the plays. He has some size. He's understanding the offense. It seems to me where he's understanding zones and understand how to get open versus press man and things like that. So I'm looking forward to seeing him get involved with the offense a little bit more. Now, Luke, I thought did a, a, a solid job Friday, right? Yeah. And I alluded to this before. Anytime you have a young quarterback, nine times out of ten, he, you really don't give him the the sole responsibility to go out there and constantly make the big play. Right, constantly find guys that are you know wide open, or you 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 looking for him to go out there and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns a games. As he develops into a quarterback, a leader of his offense, you actually want him to manage the situations, manage these games. And I thought he did a phenomenal job at that. Right, you see him in a quick game, he's making strike, he's standing tall in the pocket, he's finding receivers, he's understanding who his weapons are, and he's trying to get them the ball a little bit faster. So I thought he did a pretty solid job this game. Now. At some point, you have to have the guys like Isaiah, like Pat Bryan, like Reggie Love, like Josh McCray. They have to start to make these big plays. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's and whether that's them creating it themselves, which I'm a huge believer in. I don't care if you had a perfect defense. If I'm just better than you, I'm gonna make you miss or do some things that's gonna you know put us in a better situation, right? Or just from a schematic standpoint, we have to figure out ways to get these guys in less traffic so they can go out there and do their thing. So offensively. Um, you have to start to create these scenarios, whether you engineer it upstairs in the press box or you just turn into a dog on the field, right? You just kind of, we have to have these big plays because we see this team is really driven and motivated by the big plays. That's right. Well, listen, I, I'm curious for you, right? 
Um, watching what happened this team with, with this team this week, uh, watching the last few weeks, knowing what kind of skill set we have and who this team can be if they actually, um, you know, focus their energy in that direction. What what did you say or what have you said or what what would you say uh, to to Luke and the leaders of that, the leaders of that, of that offense about you know not getting down on themselves and finding a way to take all the experiences that, that they've gotten in these last few weeks and turning them into a way to bring this team forward. Yeah, so I mean, if 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 I'm talking to them or put me back in the huddle for 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 a game or for the rest of the season, my thing is let's let's really develop and and build on what we do well, right? If we are a lateral movement, you know, you know, using zones, uh, um, using motions to create opportunities on the outside, if that's what we do, let's lean into that a little bit more, right? I'm not necessarily trying to force something that's not our identity. Like we were never. Uh, a power, you know, eye backfield, fullback, running back, fullback, halfback, and just kind of punching the mouth. We was zone read, right? We 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 worked the edge. We allowed our speed to kind of dictate the type of offense that we had. So I'm doing the same thing, right? Let's identify what we're really good at, right? And me personally, I think the offense was should should start to transition to a more of a hurry up, two minute style situation because what that does is it takes the thinking out of the equation. Right, so for Luke, if you know, hey, we got quick game or whatever it might be, it's one, two, go. Right, it's not a lot of thinking. It's not allowing the defense to get set into their into that base, uh, their base defense. You kind of catch them off guard a little bit. Our guys, offensive linemen, they're using that momentum. They're pushing the ball down the field. So I think there's opportunities for um, within a two-minute tempo to allow the thinking to be stripped out of that and allow our guys to go out there just to naturally make plays. That's good. That's good. I think that that, that is spot on, um, and hopefully, um, our guys can can kind of pull that together. Because, uh, like I said, I don't think we're as far away as it may seem uh, in, a, in a game like Nebraska. We, we we've got some work to do, but we can figure this out. Hundred percent. And like I said, now I'll piggyback on what I just said one more time. Getting into a two minute offensive tempo, right? That allows your just natural instinct to just show up. If I'm a natural playmaker, if I get the ball and I'm a wiggle guy and I can make guys miss, you naturally do that without thinking. That's right. right? If it is inside zone, you get you let those offensive guards, often the, the 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 center, you know, they identify their assignments and they just go right. It, it eliminates the thinking. I think sometimes when you overthink it or you too much into your head um, as the play, you know, before the um, before the play is actually uh, started, you can sometimes think yourself out of a best case situation. So. Considering getting into that two-minute tempo, I think you'll you'll see a different um, a different uh, momentum or a different level of excitement within his offense. I like that. I like that. Yep. Uh, we got Maryland next week. Um, we got we got Maryland coming up. Um, it's, 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 there's some history yeah. with University of Illinois and Maryland, obviously. Um, Coach Mike Loxley, good friend of ours, he coached us when we were there in Illinois. Uh, he has a special um, place for Illinois in this heart. He loves Illinois. He loves the Orange Bill. And I'll go on record as saying that. But at the same time, he has a job to do. And he wants to be this, right? So, and it's also kind of him letting the world know, hey, this is, I started there. And this is what you guys aren't getting yeah. right now that I'm not there anymore. So, what are your thoughts going into uh, Maryland game? They had a big game against Ohio State where they had them on the ropes, almost beat them. You know, what, yeah. what do you kind of see from this Maryland team as we go into College Park? As as you know, Juice, for many of us who um, played in Champaign during the, the Zook era, which was also the Mike Loxley era, um, we've had this 
uh, circled on our calendar since the season, since the schedule came out, um, you know, some months ago. I, I think I, I texted you as soon as it came out. I said, we come to College Park, man, um, and, it's, <laughs> and it's going down. Uh, and it, this is this is a fun one for me um, because of obviously the history uh, of, of Illinois and Maryland. Um, Locks being such an integral part of so many of our college careers and being a, a great friend of ours. And then there's the ancillary stories. Um, you know, we, we got our, our friend Vontae Davis and his big brother Vernon who played uh, at Maryland. And so there's a lot of, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, friction there, but, but, but good friction. Um, we know one thing about Michael Loxley. He wants to put points on the board. And uh, we're playing Maryland for their homecoming, which always to me uh, is an interesting um position to be in. Uh, was my high school coach, Lexi Spurlock, used to say, you can't make rabbits without rabbit stew. And, and, and Michael Oxley got some rabbits over there, man. They're playing football. He's getting everybody involved. Um, they had Ohio State, as you said, against the ropes, the number three team in the country. Um, and so this is a, a game where we we shouldn't come in and be scared, uh, but we have to play fundamental football. There are no mistakes that we can make. We got to come because Loxley and his guys and Terrapins are going to bring everything they can against the Illini. 100%. Um, and I'll give my sort of thoughts and I guess I guess you could say scouting report. I'm actually doing this in reverse, right? I'm going to talk about what the defense should do and, you know, follow suit and, you know, um, as you kind of think about, you know, going into this game. Defensively for Illinois, um, knowing what Loxie offense is capable of, and it's a very similar th- offense that I ran a few tweaks and turns in this yeah. actual RPO system where, you know, there's some things that's built in, but that's really the only difference price, of course, in new terminology, but it's the same style of offense, right? And what, what would give um, the Terps offense some troubles is disguising and changing what you do on defense in terms of play call. We love man-to-man, right? We've seen this all season, right? We we live and breathe by our man-to-man coverage, right? But Loxley is really, really good with developing a scheme when he knows what you're doing. That's right. If I know you're in man-to-man, I have the perfect man-beater is what he calls it. I have a man-beater precisely for man-to-man, and it's not much you can do. I don't care if you got all NFL guys back there. So scheme-wise, he's able to build – and engineer plays that will just defeat certain coverages if he knows what you're doing. So I think Illinois gives them uh, a really good shot by changing up different looks, disguising and try to hold that coverage to the very last second until the play actually snaps and try to get uh, try to get um, Tua kind of thrown off a little bit in terms of what he thinks the defense is doing and hopefully create some turnovers uh, for, for our Illini defense. I think that that's absolutely right, and you know where I'm going to go next with this, Juice. Once again, the big guys up front, the heavy rollers, the big uglies, they got to get back there. I, I dare us to rush three men against a Michael Oxley offense. He's going heavy twister us. To, I don't know what they call it. At, I don't know what they call it at Maryland, but we used to call it heavy twister to depth. Um, we got to get pressure. We got to we got to create a new line of scrimmage. We got to do fundamental defensive line play to make everything you just said work. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, and like I said, doing the same thing constantly, throwing them off guard. Uh, it gets it gets your quarterback thinking. Obviously, it gets the the staff thinking a little bit because they can't really predict what you're doing. Now they're going to make plays. It just it is what it is. That type of offense is built to get big shots, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay, right? You, we we got to settle down, not, do not panic, and it's the next play, next play. Sometimes you give up a big, you know, a, a, um, 
you know, a 40 yard gain or a big run or something like that. All right, it's all good. Now we plan for the field goal. We can't let you in the end zone, right? Yeah. So that stuff is going to happen. We have to weather the store, keep our composure, and but that's going to take the leadership up front or defensive line. That's going to take you know some of our seniors and some of our experienced players to kind of keep the team settled in. It's going to take Coach B, um, you know, chatting with the guys on the sideline and letting them know, hey, we expect them to make big plays. We just got to continuously do our part. I think what also is true, Juice, is that we have to be able to score and to score early. Um, for too often in this season, we've kind of come from behind. We've had to play from behind. Um, in the first quarter, if we cannot put anything on the board, it's going to be a long four quarters, three quarters after that, right? Um, and yeah. so what I would say is if we can strike and strike early, like, you know, it's almost the same drive we had this game, but with a score on the end of it, uh, yeah. you know, then, then we put ourselves in a better position. Playing yeah. from behind against a team like this is going to be problematic if we have to do that. 100%. And another thing is cliche, but it, it, facts are facts. Don't turn the ball over. That's right. Right. Last time we played against a you know highly ranked team, and I'm not sure if Maryland is actually ranked, but they're highly you know uh, touted Big Ten competitor at this point. So you have to respect Maryland after what we saw against Ohio State this past weekend. But I'm looking at them the same way we approach a Penn State who's ranked in the top ten. You can't turn the ball over. Yeah. Right, five turnovers against Penn State in three quarters is not going to win games. That's right. Right. So you have to kind of look at this from a near perfect. Uh, scenario of you know not do things that's going to hurt us so holding penalties um, obviously interceptions or fumbles um, things that's going to you know put us behind the chains which makes it almost impossible for us to sustain these scoring drives listen you you <laughs> you hit the nail on the head man um, we, <laughs> I know a little something about the game <laughs> I, I, I see I see I see I see you're, you're impressing me brother um, yeah listen you, you, you called it um, th these are the keys uh, to us, for us in this game, um, we we've got to I think take our time and play our game, not let the atmosphere kind of take control of us. Um, once again, we we've got we've got the 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 folks who can get this done. We just got to figure out how to pull it all together. Hundred percent. So I I want I want to I want to try something new, and I hadn't thought about this literally till right now. Okay. Right? Considering where we are as a program right now, two and four with this exact team, Cam, I want you to think of two players, one on offense and one on defense from Illinois history. Ooh. From Illinois history, that you can insert to this team, that can make an instant impact. So whether if it's two positions that we're struggling at. Or just um, just some electrifying player from Illinois history, one on offense, one on defense. Who do you see inserting into this situation? How they can be dominant, and why you pick them? Oh man, that is a that is a really good one. Um, wow, I wasn't ready for this, but let me <laughs> let me let me try to pull it together real quick. So uh, on, on offense, right? Because I think that uh, much of our problems exist up front. Uh, I, one of the greatest of all time, man, Dave Deal. Um, they need an offensive lineman to take control of this team right now. Um, you know, it, it's the quarterback's team always, and it's the running back's team secondarily, but we need one of them big hogs up front to, to kind of put their foot in the ground and say, this is my team, we're going to move forward. Um, and so Dave Deal, uh, a great South Sider like us, a brother Rice High School, um, who, uh, to me, controlled the Big Ten from his position at left tackle and left guard. You know, he played a, played both um, at some point in his career. Uh, that that's who I'm picking on offense and on on defense. I talk a lot about the D line, and I think we need to get more D line pressure. I think a lot of this is about scheme and less about skill. Um, but 
if we had an electrifying defensive back right now who could, you know, get the ball, turn, make, make him turn the ball over, score on offense, I mean, score on defense, uh, and bring the rest of the defense with him, I think that we would have a different conversation right now. And so I'm going with my good brother from Detroit, Michigan, Allen Ball, uh, who I think uh, would would kill on this team right now, especially the way the Big Ten offenses are, are, are running um, their, their routes right now. I think Allen would, would eat people up uh, in, in this current version of yeah. Illinois football. I like it, I, and I figure I catch you off guard. It's a it's a, it's a laundry list of of guys you could have picked. So I, I like putting you on the spot with that one. So that's yeah. that's pretty cool. Hey, if, if I had to assert two players from Illinois history for this exact team, um, offensively, I'm going quarterback. All right, just how this team is built. This team is built to have a, a surgeon at quarterback. Right, someone that's finding an open receiver, open receiver, and with precision, accuracy, making the throws. I'm going Jack Trudeau. Ooh. I'm going Jack Trudeau, man. My man I Jack, even, I like that. Even and listen, that's I, I. I thought I was a good passer. I developed into a solid pass, and we've seen some other guys, Kirk Kitten, go out there and tear it up. But Jack was one of those guys. I mean, he had weapons, and he knew it, right? And he worked on his craft to be out, go out there and become a better quarterback and put the ball where it needs to be. So I'm going Jack Trudeau to sustain some of these drives we talk about. On third down, third and five, we can count on Jack to go out and make the out route, hit the curls, or hit the deep ball um, with, with precision. So, and I, and I think, you know, inserting someone like Jack Trudeau in this offense allow us to have these big play opportunities moving forward. Yeah. Defensively, again, just looking at the type of team that we have, I think corner, right? I'm, I think defensive back, as you alluded to, um, or, or pass rush. I can see a pass rusher, but we got we got two solid ones already. Adding a corner on the backside of his defense, I mean, that starts to lock one side of the field now. I'm going with my good friend and, you know, our good friend. I'm going Vontae Davis. BD, yeah. BD. Um, how he played and approached the game, he thrived in man to man, right? He he can cheat zone coverage, um, and he'll kind of, in my opinion, and and, and Von said if you watched it, this is just my opinion. On some, in, in zone, he'll chill a little bit. He'll give you a break because that might be the time he catches breath. But in man to man, oh, he lived for that because he wanted to show you, look, I'm better than you. Yeah. And consider we are in the Big Ten, where it's a run heavy team. He liked that action too. He, he wanted, did. He wanted contact, it. Right? He wanted, he wanted it. Contact. I'm gonna lock you up in terms of you getting open and running routes, but I dare you to run the ball my way as well. And I think inserting a player like that on the defensive side with this defense that loves to, you know, thrive and, and, and live and breathe by the man to man, man to man coverage. I think you insert someone like Vontae in there, and I think this entire defense turns around almost instantly. I think those are both fantastic picks, man. And I will say one of the um, one of my favorite moments as an Illini post-playing career is um, sneaking a look at, at you and Jack Trudeau watching the Penn State game together in that box and talking about the game, man. I didn't even, you didn't even know I was watching y'all, but I'm like, look at, like, this is Illini greatness, right? Quarterbacks talking about the game. Um, and I think you're right about, about Tay, man. He, um, when you look at this defense compared to last year, obviously we're missing a lockdown corner, somebody who can take up, up a whole half of the field and make people do different things. Um, and so I'm with you on that. But now I got to explain to Vontae why I did not pick him and I picked the ball <laughs> over him. So I think I'm going to see him this week too. So I'll have to explain that to my brother. It's all good, Tay. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm sure Vontae understand. I mean, he's, it's no, it's no, no shade to him. He, he, he know, he's one of the greats. All right, so word on campus. Um, obviously, the the entire football world lost a legend this weekend. 
within our Illini brother, the great late Dick Buckus. Um, you know, hearing the news break this weekend, you know, what was your immediate thoughts once the news came out about uh, Dick Buckus making this transition? Yeah, Juice, I was I was shocked. I was saddened, um, and I began to think about how important uh, Dick was to uh, the game of football and, and to all of us who, who are fans of this game. Not only was he the greatest linebacker of all time in my estimation, but he was a hell of a man. Uh, and I tweeted that earlier this week. Um, it's also crazy because you and I were just talking about him around this time last week as we were thinking about uh, what Illini greats we could uh, ask to come join us on, on this show. And, and we um, obviously he was the first name that came up. But um, you know, I just want to remind our, our, our listeners and viewers that it's even more special uh, for, for me and you because uh, we are one of the two of the handful of Chicago Public League guys that ever play at Illinois. Um, and Dick Buck is, is a Chicago public was a Chicago public league guy. He played at, at your alma mater. Um, he grew up uh, in my neighborhood on the far south side of Chicago, and so um, he was always the pinnacle uh, for, for for many of us, man. And so um, it is uh, it's sad to say goodbye to him, but his legacy will will absolutely live on. Oh man, I I, I can't agree with you more, Cam. Um, this was this Dick Buckus was a special individual, not only to the game but to me personally. Uh, as you mentioned, he and I, we both went to the exact, we went to the same high school, Chicago vocation on the south side of Chicago. Um, obviously, we both wore the orange and blue at the University of Illinois, and I had a very sh short opportunity to wear the C with the Chicago Bears in Chicago, um, you know, coming out of uh, college. So seeing his story and how we connected so well, and also personally, I had a personal relationship with him just over the years. He and I became good friends, and to see um him not only just talk about the type of player that he was and the type of player he thought other people should be at the linebacker position he lived his life the same way yeah. fearless driven outspoken fun um and being exciting you know an exciting person to be around because you just never know what was going to happen what he's going to say so yeah. i think i think um you know that, that made him so unique and so clever um, with how he just kind of operated, how he moved on a day-to-day -day basis. So, I mean, this was this was absolutely uh, an opportunity for us to celebrate his life, his legacy, what he meant to the game, um, both on the field and off the field. That's absolutely right. And, and, and one of the great joys of my life is being able to have gotten to know Dick and um, you know, to grow a friendship with him, as you said. Um, I haven't told this story publicly, but he, he called me the day after I lost the race to be mayor of Chicago. Um, and basically he told me, keep fighting. He said some other words I won't say on this podcast, uh, but but he told me to keep fighting, man. And um, I'll cherish that. That was, that was the last time I probably spoke to him. It was February of, of this year. Um, but, you know, our condolences, my family, your family, our condolences to um, his wife, Helen, of 60 years, who he met uh, at, at CBS, his, his high school sweetheart, his three kids, our, our Illini football brother, Luke Buckus, um, an entire Buckus family. Uh, we love you all and condolences to the greatest of all time. 100% condolences to the entire Buckus family. And, and actually, that was that was one of the initial thoughts that I had, uh, because when the news broke camp, I was literally underneath his statue in Champaign. I was taking a picture. And my phone was just buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. And I looked up and was like, oh, wait, Dick Buck has passed away? And I'm literally underneath his statue as I was, um, you know, taking photos at when, when the news broke. Um, and immediately I thought about Luke Buckus and the entire Buckus family and, um, you know, how, you know, how much he meant to the entire family. So condolences to, to everyone there. Uh, thoughts and prayers with you as you guys, you know, go further in this transition of, of uh, Dick Buckus.
this is the part of the, of, of the series where I'm not that good, all right, and I'll be the first to tell you, anytime predicting the score, I suck. I am way off, right? So I think last week I had us winning 28-24 against Nebraska. Clearly that ain't happened. Uh, and I'm usually off, all right? So I'll let you go first. Uh, what do you think uh, prediction score-wise for, for this week against uh, Maryland? Well, Juice, if you remember last week, I called the score 21-7, to but the Illini were going to win. Um, so it was it was twenty to seven, and the Atlanta lost. So I was <laughs> I don't know I was oh, half, half wrong or half right, but if my predictions are going to be wrong and flipped uh, uh, every week, so maybe I'll say Maryland's going to win this game. Um, and I hate doing this, man. But listen, I, um, the the way that their their firepower is rolling right now, they're coming off of a tough loss to one of the best teams in the country. Um, I know they're going to be hungry, uh, and I know we are still struggling up up front, and, and so. Uh, I'm going to call uh, this game, I'm going to do 21-7 again, but I'm saying it this way for the Terrapins, and hopefully the line I can prove me wrong. Yeah, 100%. I mean, not only do I I hate giving score predictions, but I hate to give this one because it's not in our favor. Um, I mean, just looking at what this Maryland offense has been able to do all season, I'm talking about against some really, really good defenses. We saw this against Ohio State this past week. They were up 10-0, 14-0 right out the gate. Yeah. They can put points on the board, man. And I know Loxie's going to have some stuff up his sleeve precisely for Illinois. And he knows I will be at the game. So it's almost going to be like, look at this juice. Um, So with that being said, I got Maryland winning this. Um, and I'm going to push it a little bit. I hate to say this, man. I'm going to say 45-14. I'm going to say 45-14. I I absolutely hope I'm wrong. Me too. I hope I'm wrong. Me too. Prove to me I'm wrong, right? But Maryland coming off a tough loss, and it's homecoming. Homecoming. And it's a a lot of emotions coming into this game. It's a lot of emotions coming into this game. So – Again, guys, current players, be offended by that prediction that I just have to go out and prove me wrong, right? Jerry, all you guys up front, Luke, prove me wrong, right? Prove me wrong. And um, so far this year, I mean, we've been right there, right? And on the road, we've, we've had, some, had a few issues, but um, prove me wrong. And let's, let's turn up a new leaf going into the, the second half of the season. Yeah, listen, I think starting the season, people thought that we were a dark horse in the Big Ten West so we could find a way possibly to cobble up enough wins to to get things going. But we've, we've proven to to have some issues on the road. Uh, I think we're 0-2 uh, when we play in different stadiums. Uh, we haven't fared very well, uh, you know, and I don't know if that changes this weekend in College Park. Uh, but Maryland's going to show up. They're going to bring their best game for us to, to prove um, that they belong in the conversation. Uh, as we both said earlier, we, we both uh, spent a lot of time with Mike Loxley, uh, both when we were playing and, and afterwards. Uh, and we know that Mike Loxley got fired from Illinois at 6-6, six and six, and we're hoping that this team can get to 6-6. Six six. He's trying to prove something, right? Uh, and it's going to be very personal. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was going to come to the game, Jules. I'm going to stay where I'm at. You let me you, <laughs> you let me know how it goes, brother. I'm, I'm going to watch it from television. I'm going to stay in Chicago. Yeah. But, um yeah, we. This is gonna be a. This is gonna be a game, brother. It's a tricky one. Hey, but look, man. Either way, the orange and blue will be in the building. Myself included, personally, I will be there with some other the some of the other guys that are local to the D.C. area. So I am looking forward to to seeing some old faces and hopefully 
uh, the conversation after the game when I talked to Locks, it would be a, a I told you so conversation. But we'll see. I'm looking forward to it either way. But uh, uh, Cam, it's always good to, to to talk Illinois football with you. Super excited about what we get, about what we have going on here within our podcast. And it's always good to connect with you about you know the game that we love with the team that we love. Well, yeah, thank you, brother. This was fun. Um, we'll hopefully find a way to squeak out a win this week uh, in line out football. The season's not over. We still got it. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Until next time, we'll see you again soon. Oski wow wow. Oski wow wow. <laughs>